Ladies and gentlemen, the man we welcome to the stage doesn't just speak because he wants to. He speaks because he was called to. Receiving life's messages is part of who he is, and spreading them is what he's meant to do. Without further ado, Wayne Looney. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here. I'm here now. And I want to thank you for choosing to be here with me. Today, I'm going to be speaking about a topic that's very near and very dear to my heart. And that topic is mental health. Mental health and dealing with mental health issues is one of the biggest, most relevant topics that very few people are willing to speak about. And it's because of this and because of the stigma that it carries that everyday people like you and I may suffer from these mental health issues in silence. Well, today I'm going to do my part to break that stigma. I'm going to tell you about my experience and my battles with mental health issues and how a nearly fatal suicide attempt changed my perspective on mental health forever. And how with that perspective change, I was able to finally take control of my mental health. And I know by hearing my story, you are going to be able to see how you too can take control of your mental health. We all have transitional periods in our life. Some may refer to these as a crossroads. A crossroads is a point in our life where we can either continue to do things the way we've always done them and continue to get the things we've always gotten, or we can choose to take a different path. And that's when we will see our life start to change. And oftentimes that crossroads will disguise itself as adversity in our lives. And seven years ago, I came to my crossroads. I had just went through a breakup and breakups are difficult for a number of reasons. At the time, the girl I was dating, we both lived together and we had a son together who was five years old at that time. And we had to figure out who was keeping the apartment that we were staying in, who was moving where, who was taking what, and how we would actually split our time together with our son. And neither one of us could afford the place that we were staying at alone. So she ended up moving in with her mother and I ended up moving into a spare bedroom that our grandparents had. I know, kind of a strange circumstance, but that's what made the most sense at the time. And as I struggled to rebuild my life, and I struggled to cope with the breakup, it seemed like nothing would quite go right for me. At the time, I was working a job, and that job was a detailer at a car lot. But I really enjoyed the job because it kept me busy and it kept my mind off of things. And I remember one day, one of my coworkers was kind of giving me some crap. And I didn't take it very well. And I remember we got into an argument and an argument got so heated that we had to be separated. And I ended up being fired because of this. And being fired from a job because of aggression or because of making threats, just does not look good on a resume. And I struggled to find another job. And because I wasn't making any money, and because I couldn't find a job, 
the car I had ended up being repoed. And as these things happened, I seemed to get in this darker and deeper state of mind. I had just went through a breakup. I ended up losing my job. And now my form of transportation has been taken away from me. And as I continued to get into this dark state of mind, I felt more and more distant during my daily activities. And I remember one time taking my son to the park. And I remember just feeling completely disconnected from it and felt like I was only going through the motions. And I had never felt like this. This is the most depressed and the most down I had ever been. So finally, I mustered up the courage to see my psychiatrist or to see a psychiatrist. And when I did, during our first session, we had a conversation. I told him about some things. He asked me some questions. I gave him some answers. And then he asked me some follow up questions. And by the end of the session, he told me he believed I had bipolar disorder and he gave me a prescription to start taking medication that would help me mitigate some of these symptoms. And I'm not sure what I expected. I don't know if I thought my mind that maybe having this diagnosis, having a psychiatrist tell me exactly what was wrong with me, if that would help me feel better. But it only made me feel worse. Here I was dealing with all these other things, and now I'm being told I have a diagnosis or a brain difference that I will suffer from for the rest of my life. And I started to take these medication. And as I started to take these medication, and as I continued to see my psychiatrist week after week, next thing I know, I am on five different medications, all to counteract the side effects of the others. And I know my experience isn't different from many others who have been in a similar circumstance. And as I continue to take this medication, it didn't make me feel better. It only made me feel worse. It only made me feel more numb to the world. And the more numb I became to the world, the less and less I seemed to care about things. And eventually... I just stopped caring about myself. There would be days where I wouldn't even get out of bed. I would sometimes go a week without even showering. I'm typically a person who has enjoyed being involved with sports. I have been involved with sports my entire life. And even after my sports career ended in high school, I continued to stay up with fitness and working out because it's always been a positive outlet for me. And I stopped doing that completely. I'm typically a person at 5'9 that walks around about 185, 190. At that point in my life, I had ballooned up to 250 pounds. And because of this, I isolated myself more because I didn't want anyone to see me like that. And that seemed to only make things worse for me. And the more I isolated myself and the more I continued to take these medication, the worse and worse I just started to feel. And the more agony I seemed to be in. And at that point in my life, I felt like I had no options. I had no way out. There was no way I could ever overcome how I felt. And the more I felt that way, the more dying seemed like the only way I can get the pain to stop. And the more I dwelled on that thought, 
the more suicide felt like a real option for me. And then I started to think about that every single day. I started to think about suicide. I started to contemplate it. I started to plan it in my mind. I started to ask myself, how would you do it? And then one day I decided today is a day that I leave all the pain of this life behind. And I took a look at the pill bottles on my nightstand and I knew exactly how I was going to do it. And that day, I remember grabbing a glass of water, sitting down on the side of the bed, and I began taking all of the medication. And when I was finished, I set the glass down, I lied in bed, and I covered myself up. And I thought to myself, this is how you will be remembered. This is how you will go out as a failed boyfriend, as a failed father, as a failed employee, as a failed human being. And I thought no one cared. But I thought to myself, if no one understands, at least they will understand how much pain I was in. And I laid there and I waited for death to come get me. Now, when the medication started to take effect, I started to get drowsy. And when I did, the next part of the story is somewhat of a blur to me, but I'll do my best to recount it. I felt like I heard a door open in my bedroom. Now, there may have been a knock before the door opened. I'm not sure. But then I felt like I heard footsteps going into the bathroom that was attached to the room I was staying in. I can only assume that the person who entered the room was getting something out of that bathroom. But then when they left the bathroom, I heard a brief pause. And then all of a sudden I heard a scramble. And then I could hear a panicked voice over the phone. It was the grandmother of the grandparents I was staying with. And next thing I know, There are paramedics in my room. They noticed the empty pill bottles. They were getting me out of bed, shining lights in my eyes, asking me if I was okay. And I was put into the ambulance and I was being rushed off to the hospital. And I remember the entire time the paramedics are saying, stay with us. You're going to be okay. We're going to save your life. And when we got to the hospital, I was put on a gurney given a hospital bed connected with an IV and attached to a heart monitor. And I remember at that point, the nurse came into the room and she said to me, Mr. Looney, I'm going to give you an option. You can either drink this charcoal solution that is meant to absorb the medication so we can save your life. Or we can pump it down your throat for you. And I remember at that point feeling no reason to fight it. Here I was, a person who considered myself to be a failure. I could do nothing right, I felt. And here I was attempting to take my own life, and I wasn't able to do that successfully. And so I drank the charcoal solution. And I remember after I got done drinking that charcoal solution, the nurse said to me, is there someone you would like to have here with you? Is there someone you would like us to call? And I remember thinking about it. And I remember thinking, 
that no one cared, that no one would want to be there for me. I was ashamed. I was embarrassed. And so I told her no. And I stayed in that hospital alone. And even though I had drank the charcoal solution, and even though it had absorbed some of the medication in my stomach, a lot of it still did get into my system. And because of this, I slept on and off for three days. And I remember one night, the doctor coming into my room, waking me up and telling me, your heart is starting to beat too slow. We need you to sit up to raise your heartbeat. And this happened a couple of times. These are some of the darkest and the scariest moments of my life. Now, as the medication started to wear off, after about three days, I started to become more and more aware of my surroundings. And I remember one day or one afternoon just laying in that hospital bed. And I remember staring off and just looking up at the ceiling. And then all of a sudden, I had this realization. I realized that I didn't want to die. I just wanted relief. And it made me ask myself how many other people had been in a similar circumstance or in a similar situation as me, but didn't live to come to that realization or to tell their story. And it was at that moment that my life was changed forever. I now was a person who had survived something that many others hadn't. And because of this, I knew that I would be able to give those people a voice that no longer had one. And by doing so, I would be able to help those people who were just like me, who didn't want to die, but just were in seek of relief and needed it desperately. And it was that day that I decided that when I got out of the hospital, I would do everything in my power to rebuild my life again and to put myself in a position to be able to give those people a voice. Now, it wasn't easy, but slowly and surely, I began to put the pieces of my life together. And it didn't happen overnight, but it happened one moment at a time, one step at a time, one day at a time. And for me, the first step was to get back into the gym. I knew I needed to find an outlet for some of the anger and some of the feelings I was having at the time. And the gym was a perfect thing for me to be able to do that. And so I started going back to the gym. And I remember some mornings on the way to the gym, I would just cry in my car. I would have tears of sorrow and tears of passion all at the same time. I was so hurt, but I felt like I had so much to prove to myself and to the world. And eventually, as I got into a good routine of working out and taking care of myself again, I knew the next step would be to find a job. And I remember I responded to an ad on Craigslist. It wasn't a glorious job. It was a job driving a forklift for a freight company. But I got hired on. And when I got there, I started to work hard. And because of this, within a year, 
I was able to work my way up to a team lead. And I didn't stop there. I continued to work hard and eventually I qualified for the driver class that they were offering, which would allow me to get my CDL and would allow me to almost double my income. And I knew each one of these were going to be stepping stones for me. Each one of them were going to allow me to move closer and closer to what I felt I was being called to do. Eventually, a family member of mine noticed my work ethic, reached out to me and offered me the opportunity to be part of his company and to join the mortgage industry. I then got my license and was able to jump into the role as a loan officer, which gave me more freedom and a bigger platform to be able to connect with more people. And it's through that position that I was able to develop the communication skill set and to make the right connections to be able to move into the position that I am in today. And that position is a life coach, a public speaker and a writer. And this is the position that I knew I could be in the entire time. And this is the position that has allowed me to reach the most people, to be able to help the most people, to be able to give the most people relief who really need it. And that's why I'm so passionate about what I do. Because if it wasn't for those moments at that hospital, some of those dark and scary moments, I wouldn't be where I'm at today and I wouldn't be who I am without them. And it was through the steps that I took to get to where I'm at that have helped me grow and have allowed me with the assistance of my psychiatrist at that time to be completely medication-free for almost five years. Now, I tell you this because there are a lot of people who are where I was at seven years ago today, and they are seeking relief or seeking help for some of these mental health care professionals, and they're not finding it. And I know that's not everyone's experience, but I'm speaking to those people who are struggling to find that relief. And here is where I feel the mental health profession let me down. The psychiatrist I was seeing at the time was at a Christian facility and he was very, very busy. He had a lot of clients to manage. And I know that's not very different from a lot of other mental health professionals who are slammed with clients because mental health issues is at an all time high. And I would meet with him every single week. And the first part of our session would be me either reminding him of things that he had forgotten about or helping him separate things in my life from one of his other clients. And then I would have a short period of time to catch him up on new things that had happened in my life. And by the end of the session, I felt like we never came to a solution. But he would reassure me to continue to take my medication and to come back the following week. And that wasn't giving me the relief I needed. So eventually I said, I'm going to get into one of these support groups. I want to be able to connect with people who are going through some of the same things I am going through. And I hope that that would be able to give me some relief. And I found one of these groups at a local hospital. And it did start to give me some of that relief. It felt good to be able to connect with people who were dealing with some of the same things that I was dealing with. And I remember one day a man in my class was talking about his circumstances and talking about his situation. And I remember he said, I've been dealing with some of these things. I've had this mindset. I've had this attitude for so long and I've been doing these things for so long. 
It's all I know. And because it's all I know, it's difficult for me to break some of these habits. And that resonated with me. I felt like I had always wanted to be different and I wanted to do things differently, but I just didn't know how because I was so caught up in my ways and it was difficult for me to be able to change them. And I remember I rose my hand and I said, hey, man, I really appreciate you sharing that. I resonate with that. That feels good. Thank you. And I remember the mental health professional, the nurse at the time who was facilitating the group right away said to me, no, 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 no. You are too young to have been caught up in ways and doing things for too long for you not to be able to change them. Here I was feeling like I was connecting with someone who was going through a similar thing as me. And here I'm being told, no, 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 you don't. You're too young. That hurt me. I felt belittled. I felt embarrassed. I felt more misunderstood. And so I stopped going to that group. Now, like I said, I know that's not everyone's experience. Some people see these psychiatrists, they see these therapists, and they get connected with the right one. And because of this, they're able to get help and they're able to find relief. But for people like me who fall through the cracks, what are those people supposed to do to find relief? And oftentimes they struggle to find it. And when this happens, we have people who are just seeking relief, committing suicide. And no one knows what to do about it. And I'm here to tell you that you can find relief. And I'm going to tell you how. A lot of times we are meeting with these mental health professionals and we're meeting with these people. And they have only been trained to treat our symptoms or they only have time to treat our symptoms. They don't have the time to help us figure out why we feel the way we feel or why we do the things we do. And it's not until you understand that every mental disorder or every brain difference is just a thought or a way of thinking that was once beneficial to our survival or that once helped us through things that allowed us to survive. That has carried on and has became a train of thinking that has gotten out of control. And when this happens and we allow these thinking patterns to get out of control, they start to impact our life in a negative way. And we have to be able to figure out slowly but surely why we feel the way we do and to be able to backtrack, to be able to pinpoint when this train of thought or when this pattern of thinking started. And it's at that point that we can begin to heal ourselves or to be able to heal our brain for some of these differences. And I believe we all have the power to do it. And some of us need to be on medication to mitigate those symptoms as we backtrack. But some of us don't. And unless we have the proper guidance and unless we have someone in place that's able to do that, there's going to be everyday people who are misdiagnosed with these mental disorders and with these brain differences, just like I was, who are going to feel overwhelmed and powerless to change their circumstances. So I want you to take a look at my story, whether you are just battling some of these feelings whether you actually have a diagnosis, if you're seeing a therapist, if you're seeing a psychiatrist, if you're part of some of these support groups. And I want you to ask yourself, are these giving me the relief? And is this giving me the guidance that I'm looking for? And if I'm seeing a therapist or a psychiatrist, are they making me feel empowered? And are they patient? And are they empathetic enough 
to be able to help me backtrack, to be able to find why I feel the way I do and where this pattern of thinking started. And are they allowing me the power and the responsibility to be able to take control of my mental health? Or are they just mitigating my symptoms and making me feel like this is something that I will never have the power to change and this is something that I will battle with for the rest of my life? And if I'm not getting the relief I'm looking for, if I'm not getting the help that I am seeking, how can I speak up to find it? Or what can I do today to help move my life in the right direction where I can finally take control of my mental health. And I want you to think about not the thousand steps that you need to take to get to where you want to be, but the one step that you can take today to help yourself. And for some, that step is as small as just getting out of bed. So again, I want to thank you guys for taking the time to listen to my story. I hope by hearing my story, you were able to see why I am the way that I am, why I preach and practice the things that I say, because these things have allowed me to take control of my mental health. And ultimately, they have saved my life. And I hope by listening to my story today that you are able to find some relief and some hope that things can be better for you because I believe they can. So thank you. I would love to hear from you guys. I would love to hear some of your comments. I would love to hear some of your feedback. I would love to hear some of your questions. And ultimately, if you've had a similar experience or been through something similar, I would love to hear about your story. Please send all and any comments to info at com. That's I-N-F-O at waynelooney.com or you can always visit my website www.waynelooney.com to complete a contact form to get a hold of me. I would love to hear from you. Otherwise, I truly do appreciate each and every one of you. And until next time, these are things to contemplate. (laughs) 